worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. You're on 94.1, San Antonio sports star, R.J. Ochoa, the managing editor of Blogging the Boys. I am the director of transitional strategies, Rob Thompson. He is the managing editor, an all-around guy. Uh, with the, uh, Let me make sure we get this right because he's a good dude. Let me get it all right here. Rob Stats Guerrero with the Gold Standard Network. Had a good chance to hang out with him last week. Met him face-to-face for the first time. Been on the show many times. Good friend, and we're glad you're here. Good morning, sir. Well, it's the morning. I don't know how good it is. <laughs> hey, welcome to the party, man. We've been we've been in, we've been in this purgatory for years. Uh, Rob, uh, first of all, great to meet you. A uh, great pleasure to to get to know someone who is a uh, is in, in inside the game as anybody. What's the general attitude from Forty Nine er fan? You know, it, it's not blow it up, but obviously there's anger. A hundred percent there's anger. I mean, the attitude is that this season was a failure, and it was. And there's simply no other way to look at it. This entire year was about getting back to the NFC Championship game. They felt like they didn't get a chance to play in the year before, winning it and winning a championship. And they failed again. And everything that 49er fans want to sit there and talk about Cowboy fans and, and joke about how Dallas always chokes in a big moment, so that's true. But the 49ers are right there with them right now. We're going on 30 years now without a championship, and they've earned this label. There were a lot of Cowboys fans in our chats and our live broadcasts on the Gold Standard Network laughing at the 49ers, and they've earned it, and that's inescapable. Stats, I would just remind you that the Niners' Super Bowl drought is, is longer than the Cowboys, but, I mean, you know, if you... Wow, kick a man when he's down. And, Come on. And, and whatnot. Uh Kyle Shanahan feels like the face of it all. Um, I watched your your postgame show with Levin, and I know you guys kind of came at Steve Wilkes a little bit, but um, I know you did that show before the story about the Niners not necessarily knowing the overtime rules really blew up, but it feels like Shanahan is the – this this feels different than the last one where maybe Jimmy Garoppolo took a lot of the blame for that and obviously the missed throw to Emmanuel Sanders. It it feels like Kyle Shanahan is, is the face for this failure right now. Um, he certainly wears a lot of it. Now, I will point out that, you know, Miko Hardman, the guy that caught the game-winning touchdown, didn't know that right. the game was over. So it's not like everyone on the Chiefs knew the rule either. But I think that what, what 49er fans have to accept now, you know, for, for so long it was, well, Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. That was the refrain in 2019. And then 2020, they got horribly injured, so that's why they didn't do it. And in 2021, Joukowsky Tart dropped the interception, but we were still the best team. And then in 2022, all our quarterbacks got hurt. Now that's over. Like, that fiction is over now. They just have to accept the reality that they were not good enough. We had to wait four years for the reality to set in that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were just better. And it wasn't that the 49ers got screwed or anything like that. They just weren't good enough. They simply failed. 
He is Stats Guerrero of the Gold Standard Network right here on San Antonio Sports Star. So, uh, I know we're just a couple of days out, but you are, as a 49er organization, facing uh, the financial reckoning that's coming when you've got a quarterback that was underpaid and a lot of guys that you traded for that the money is now adding up. So, where do you see the 49ers moving uh, over the next year? Is it an all-in, one more try, or will we see some significant roster changes? Uh, I'm not really sure how much they can do because they've already started kicking the can down the road. They restructured Eric Armstead last year. They restructured Christian McCaffrey. They restructured George Kittle. So they've already kind of locked themselves into things the way they are. Now, fortunately, they still have a very good roster. But I don't really know what kind of big moves can be made. I think the changes are, that are going to have to come are, are the draft, which the 49ers have. I think they're going to have around 10 or 11 draft picks when you add up all the compensatory picks that they're going to get. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to replenish things a little bit there. Um, but, you know, I don't think that they're going to be able to make any sort of big free agent moves. The quarterback situation is settled for the first time in a long time. So as frustrating as it is, I think the only really big move they could make is changing the defensive coordinator, and I'm not really sure if that's going to happen. Stats, so you're right. Javon Hargrave was kind of the, uh, an exception to what you're saying, you know, will be the free agency approach this season in terms of what happened last year. Um, we were talking about this, obviously, and have been over the course of the last, whatever, it's been 36 hours, and you said something to me and, and our friend about how even if they return and win the Super Bowl next year, that it, it might not feel like enough, that, that it just – and I have to imagine, as, as you watch the Chiefs be celebrated as this dynasty, you talked about, obviously, the, the two title games in between the Super Bowl appearances. Like, you don't have to move a lot of goalposts to, to you know, create a world where the Niners are being talked about like that. Like, it does kind of feel like, even if they somehow get back and do it next year, that it will still be a failure in terms of the potential of the era. Yeah, I tweeted out that even if they somehow happen to win it next year, which I don't know how anybody could pick them to win it next year, you, look, like I, I, I've been here for the losses, right? One Super Bowl win compared to three Super Bowl losses, I don't know, maybe it's just too raw for me right now, but I don't know that that necessarily erases things for me. It just doesn't. Like, this pain is real. It hurts. I thought they had the better team every single year, and they lost all three of those Super Bowls. And maybe I'll feel differently a year removed from this and, and you know, with another season under the belt and, and big moments and stuff like that. But a lot of people didn't like it, but I stand by it, man. I'm not quite sure that just one Super Bowl win makes it all go away. And that's the, that's the worst part because that's the hope, right? Because if I don't have the hope for that, then what am, I, what am I doing here watching these games? But that's how I feel right now. Uh, you're not alone, no matter the color you choose. The Stats Guerrero joins us. Um, were there any signs that this was coming? Looking back at previous games and looking at some of the decisions that were made, can you see in the past what actually turned out or was what happened just another shock? Well, I think when you go back and you look at the season as a whole, I think what you can say is the 49ers peaked after the Eagles game. I think that was when they were at their absolute best, and we kept waiting for it all year for them to get back to that and play that way, and we ultimately never saw it again. You know, Obviously, they had some good comeback wins in the playoffs, but they were never quite the wrecking ball that we saw earlier in the year. They never had a game where the offense and the defense played at their best. They got one or the other, and a lot of times that was good enough to win, but they never got a complete game, and they never got a complete game from both sides of the ball, unfortunately, because when they were playing at that level, I thought they were unbeatable, but it's hard to play at that level all the time, and it's harder to do it when your best is needed. 
Stats, I mentioned that you and Levin noted that Shanahan and Wilkes deserved a lot of the blame. And, and you also mentioned that, I mean, a difficult reality to accept is just that the Chiefs were the better team. But if you had to isolate players on the roster who you do blame, who are they? <laughs> uh, well, I think um, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, honestly, I don't want to say blame, but I think the injury to Dre Greenlaw was massive in the game. Greenlaw and Warner were doing an incredible job of, of eliminating Travis Kelsey from the game. I think he had one catch on one target when Dre Greenlaw was in the game. And when he went down with about nine minutes to go in the second quarter, that completely changed things for the 49ers, especially because Greenlaw is one of those people that really provides a boost to the defense. He's the most physical part of their defense. And I think that while the Niners' defense held up reasonably well for most of the game, I just couldn't help but thinking, you know, Greenlaw is that guy that could make that one play that maybe shifted things in the Niners' favor like he did against uh, earlier in the playoffs when he had his interceptions. So I think they really, really missed him. I think that was probably the biggest thing from an individual player standpoint. He is the, the director of the Gold Coast Network. Uh, they cover the 49ers, and they're going through turmoil, the likes of which most teams are today. Um, but you, you are coming back at it with a lot of talent. You know, when I look at problems and how you fix them, I was taught a long time ago, look at three parts, people, process, and technology. Um, the, the technology we'll put in for game plan. Is there anything about what Shanahan does that he needs to change? Getting away from the running game, so many coaches and OCs get in trouble for that, but he did too. Um, is there anything about the scheme that you look at and go, this is just not going to win a championship? I wouldn't say the scheme. I think the scheme is okay. I think what hurts the Niners is, is Kyle Shanahan's game management. Mm. Quite frankly, he stinks at it. He's not, he is, it's not just that he doesn't excel. He's bad at it. He didn't take his timeouts at the end of the first half to give his, chance, his team a chance to score. Right, he was totally happy going into the locker room at seven to three. Like he was, that was fine with him, or ten to three, I should say. Um, he didn't do that. Right, he gets away from the running game. Right, he thinks that if it's second and ten, that's a passing down, and that's what happened to the Forty ers Is they would throw an incompletion on first down, and then he would go, "Oh no, we have to pass again." And then if it would be incomplete on second down, now you're in third and long, and now you have to pass again. So just like that thought process, I think is a little broken. And, I mean, taking the ball first in overtime, I thought, was a ridiculous choice. And, of course, getting conservative on fourth downs, something I've been screaming about with Kyle Shanahan. He always coaches to avoid the worst-case scenario. He doesn't coach to achieve the best-case scenario. Wow. And as long as he is afraid to lose, he will never succeed. Well said. Mm. Uh, cold, hard, truth stats. I know that you know it's just super fun to talk about how your team lost the Super Bowl, and so uh, apologies for all this. But um, obviously, people have been likening Mahomes to Michael Jordan, um, and we're going to do something later where if if the Chiefs are in fact the '90s Bulls, kind of figuring out who everybody else is in that puzzle. Um, but you're a sports historian. I mean, you didn't earn the nickname Stats for for no reason. Uh, so that being said, um, who, who are the Niners if if the Chiefs are in fact the '90s Bulls? I think the Niners are a less likable Phil Mickelson. And I, I think the Chiefs. Oh wow! I think the Chiefs are Tiger Woods. Really, like Tiger Woods. A lot of golfers would have had Hall of Fame careers if not for Tiger Woods winning like every tournament he ever entered into. And so the thing with Phil Mickelson was everyone was like, "Oh, he hasn't won the big one yet," but they really liked him as a person. 
the 49ers are not likable in a lot of ways, right? People thought they complained after the NFC Championship game. They've kind of acted like the uncrowned champion a little bit. And so they're not likable. Kyle Shanahan can be kind of a jerk sometimes. And so that's who they are. I think they're a less likable Phil Mickelson because they haven't gotten it done because, you know, just one thing, really, Tiger Woods mostly for Phil. And I just, I don't know that they ever will. I really don't. I don't think that they, I think there's a legitimate possibility that this run is at its end. You can't keep running it back every year. And they are going to go down with the Bills and the Vikings and Andy Reid's Eagles of the best teams to never win a championship. So if that's, you're kind of locked in financially. Party's going to get paid somehow. Uh, is is there going to be a a victim? Is there going to be someone that has to pay? Is Wilkes going to suffer? Is there going to be a change somewhere just to appease those or to fix whatever problems that are seen, at least on the inside? Well, the problem with Wilkes is who are you going to get? Right. The coaching carousel has kind of played out already. I mean, if I were the 49ers, honestly, I don't think it would ever happen, but you, you owe it to yourselves to make a phone call to Bill Belichick. Hey, Bill, any chance, you know, for one year, you're not doing anything, you're not going to get a head coaching job, would you consider being a defensive coordinator? Kyle and Bill have a good relationship. Uh, Kyle clearly respects Bill Belichick. How could you not? I think that Belichick, honestly, could probably help Kyle Shanahan with some of his game management problems, because that's something that Belichick has excelled at. Um, but other than that, I'm not really sure what else he can do. And I'll say this. I'm not 100% sure I would give $50 million to Brock Purdy. Well, I mean, you have a year. That's actually stats is the percentage, you think, of Kirk. Because Kirk is the, the apple of Kyle's eye, obviously, and he's available this offseason. I mean, what what is the likelihood of San Francisco, in your estimation, exploring a, a change of quarterback now? Because it's not like Brock Purdy's on on the books for anything significant, you know, at this moment in time, and and you haven't handed out that contract yet. Zero percent, um, because I think that Brock Purdy gives you everything that Kirk Cousins gives you, and he's way cheaper and he's more mobile. Like Kirk Cousins is known for standing in the pocket, diagnosing a defense before a play, and making a strong throw to get the ball in there. But Kirk doesn't have the, the ability to execute things outside of the structure of the offense when things break down. Um, so I don't think that Kirk Cousins is a viable option for the 49ers, and I'm certainly happy to play things out next year with Brock Purdy, who, like you said, is going to be super cheap. But I am not ready to just hand over $50 million to Brock Purdy, not when I have to check the weather report before every game to see if it's raining. And the simple truth is, that Brock was worse in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. And I know the competition is harder, but that's no excuse. And when I'm going to hand out that much money to a quarterback, I need to know that come hell or high water, this is the guy I can count on. And right now, to me, Brock hasn't proven that yet. Let's go from the existential uh, to just the uh, the questions from the game itself. What do you make of the, the 49ers didn't know the rules? Yeah, I mean, obviously – that's upsetting. Um, I don't know that none of, just because we had a couple guys say it, that doesn't mean that none of the 49ers know the rules. I bet you there's players on every team in every locker room that don't know all of the rules. But it's not a good look for Kyle Shanahan, right? Especially when we saw Kyle Shanahan on opening night, and there were some people that thought that maybe Kyle Shanahan was celebrating a little much <laughs> on opening night, right? Like, that's a thing that happened. So it's not a good look for Kyle Shanahan. It's clearly not. I would offer stats that it's way worse than that. Um, you and I used to do a show together, and after Kyle Shanahan beat Mike McCarthy the first time, 
and the Cowboys tried to run um, and, and spike the ball and didn't know the rules that they had to hand the officials the balls. Um, you killed the Cowboys, rightfully so. I mean, for, for not knowing and actually for practicing that improperly. I mean, this was a, a significantly larger game, obviously. I mean, this is, this is worse than a bad look to me. Like, this, this is a really big deal for Kyle Shanahan, and it kind of feels like he's not catching enough heat. Well, but here's the difference, right? Did the, the, the fact that the 49ers didn't know the rule have an, a material effect on how they played in the game, right? That cowboy, the reason why that Cowboys thing is bad, because that's why they didn't have enough time to run the final play, because they didn't hand the ball to the official, and so the official had to get in between guys and touch the ball and spot the ball. That affected directly the outcome of the play. Would Eric Armstead have rushed the passer differently if he knew the overtime rule? Like, you know, like, so that's why I think there's slightly a difference. But, I mean, the buck ultimately stops with the head coach in both situations. How the players reacted? What's the attitude of the players? I know they're saying we didn't know, and we've heard some of those things, so it feels like they're throwing coach under the bus. But is there dissension amongst the players, or is it just anger at themselves? I think it's anger at themselves. Um, for all the criticism that I give to Kyle Shanahan, he is beloved in that locker room. I, they, they really do respect Kyle. Um, I don't know you could say the same thing about their defensive coordinator. Uh, that's why I think maybe there's going to be a change there, but I don't have any questions about the team and Kyle Shanahan. Um, they, they, they like his honesty. They like how he deals with the players. So I don't think that there's any sort of issue there. Gold Standard Network, everybody check it out on YouTube. Stats was hustling all over Las Vegas, has interviews. You can still go back and watch with Mina Kimes, Kevin Clark, Drew Brees, all sorts of people. Uh, Subscribe, like all the videos, turn on the notifications. Stats, you're the man. Great job in Las Vegas. Um, I wish I could say I was sorry for the result, but um, you know that that would be a lie. (laughs) Welcome to the party. Yeah, I really really appreciate you guys having me on. Want to talk about uh, 2012 or 2019 a little more? Uh, yeah, no. we'll just talk about all your deep fears and insecurities. That's but what we're, we will. We're we want here. you back. We'll talk some Golden State Warriors uh, as the weeks progress. Stats is a thunder. Anytime fan, you actually. need.